0: Bay frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Captain Slug. Its ongoing mission, to explore strange new episodes, to seek out new jokes and new references, to split infinitives that no one has split before. In Star Trek Fifty Six, you join me, Eddie Edwards, and my friend and colleague, Mr. Mark Bench, as we trek our way through all of Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation. Uh, Mark, uh, how are you doing? How you been?
1: Doing all right. Uh, so I found this earlier. Uh, <laughs> where is it? So, uh, Laura and I are hopefully. No, I sh- I probably shouldn't say her name because uh, she she didn't you know it's. You want to keep people anonymous, innit? So, L. No, no, she's been on this. No, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, she knows who she is. Her and James (laughs) are the only people that fucking listen to this. I just don't want to dox myself. (laughs) So, Laura, if you're wondering who I'm talking about, it's you. Anyway, (laughs) we're hopefully moving into a new house soon, and uh, I, I, uh, I want to start getting pets. I like cats. So we're getting a corgi, because um, <laughs> the the thing is, I I'm not a big dog person. I'm fine. They, it's fine. It, it's they, great, right? So I never had a dog growing up. I don't really know what it's like to have a dog. I've always had cats. I prefer cats, but I like corgis because they are ridiculous, <laughs> and big dogs frighten me. Uh, so today I looked up. What's the what's the deal with corgis? Are they hard to train? Uh, and it looks like they're kind of. It looks like they're not particularly hard to train, or have around you, if you are like sort of happy enough to, to go along with them, um, and like a proactive trainer, which is good for me because I it takes me about a year to get bored of things. And
0: <laughs> and that's enough time to train a dog. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, it's, and then
1: after that, it's like the corgis are notoriously stubborn. So am I. So no doubt he'll hit out with some opinion that I'm just going to disagree with, and then we'll never speak to each other again <laughs> after that. If you're going to get a corgi, I will say before you do, look into the wonderful world of
0: like corgi mixes. Because if you breed a corgi with any other dog, what you get is basically a corgi that's been reskinned. <laughs> <laughs> they look exactly the same as a corgi But with just the fur and face of whatever dog you bred them with And it's
1: amazing Nice So I was looking up corgi training And uh, it's there, there was this website that I got to And it's a woman who's trained 152 corgi litters Over the 62 years of her life And she said the best thing to, And this is a direct quote The best thing to do if you have a puppy And you want to socialise them is take them to a playground when the children are out and just stand there. In five minutes, you'll have a circle of children around that puppy, and that's what you want. <laughs> is it?
0: <laughs> is it? Is that what you want? I think I think if you're a female dog trainer, that might be what you want. Yeah. I think as a as a large Scottish man, that might
1: not be what you want, yeah. unless
0: you want to be on a register.
1: Look... I mean, we've discussed on this uh, this podcast before about how difficult it is to be a straight white man in today's society, right? Um, <laughs> it's hard. Happy International Women's Day, everyone! But <laughs> genuinely, like as as like a, a, as a, as I'm not doing a bit here. Th- there is one thing that that men just that men do not have, which is that we can't go to children's parks <laughs> like alone. Great. Which is totally fine, but you know, that not not being able to take our dogs to kids' parks, as the um, not being able to wear headphones at night of being a man. <laughs> <laughs> being a, being a straight white man,
0: we have the that is the only thing that really is negative is we're not trusted around children, and in in, in all in all honesty, fair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Cuz I'm not I'm not saying that every every white man is a pedophile but what I'm saying is enough white men have been pedophiles in time that yeah. you are making the correct decision to lead with that assumption.
1: Yes, I mean yesterday there was a report that St John Paul II, the patron saint of the straight white man and the patron saint of pedophiles, well. out he just knew what was happening all along. Oh what a shock. Yeah, and it just—it just—it just makes you wonder how many people in an organization have to be pedophiles before you're like, do you know what? That's a, a pedophile organization. I like. I read a report that apparently at one point he said, "Yeah, it could be up to ten percent of priests," and it's like, so five thousand. 'Cause if the answer to that question is more than one then stop. I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out
0: there. If your organisation, regardless of what its purpose may actually like your mission statement may be, yeah. but if your organisation has over a thousand paedophiles in it, <laughs> your organisation is a paedophile organization. That's what it's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. You know? It's like if if I'm in a Nazi bar right okay and there's one nazi there it's still a nazi bar
1: you know what i mean (laughs) yeah and it it does scale doesn't it because it's like the royal family as far as we know has one pedophile in it and i'm happy (laughs) enough to call every single one of them pedos and pedo enablers yeah And, and child fanciers
0: if you think the Queen was a wonderful woman, just remember that she worked, well I say worked, she didn't work, she's bone fucking idle, never worked a day in her life, but she spent a lot of your money on keeping that paedophile out of prison.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what was this episode of- oh how are you doing? I never, I, I keep, I keep forgetting to ask, or maybe I do ask, I don't know, do I ask?
0: No, what happens usually <laughs> is we hit about the five minute mark, and then I just jump in with how I'm doing, because I know you're not going to ask, but thank you for asking, because I'm really glad you have, because I'm really good. Today, my, today uh, my, I sent my out of office email mm-hmm. for the first time since the Edinburgh Fringe because I haven't had a fucking holiday in ages. And tomorrow I'm off to Sweden to uh, <laughs> go to the Melfest, which is the Swedish selection process for their song for Eurovision, which is the <laughs> biggest television event in uh, Sweden, like in the Swedish year.
1: That's amazing.
0: I'm one. I'm looking forward to it. Just as a holiday and as a fun experience to do. But also, oh, I'm going to get at least 20 minutes of good stand-up material from this. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah. All good. Eurovision, eh? Yeah. I couldn't get tickets to the actual Eurovision. They were they went that was that was ridiculous. Yeah. If they went
1: in like a minute. There was so when it, when it was announced that it was between Glasgow and Liverpool, uh all the hotels in Glasgow suddenly became much more expensive, which I, I don't think was on them. I don't think it was a conscious decision. I think it's an algorithm thing. But suddenly, hotel rooms in Glasgow were like two and a half grand. Yeah. For the for the for like for the week of Eurovision, which made a lot of people think, "Oh, it's definitely coming to Glasgow." So a bunch of people booked hotel rooms here, and then it turned out that it's in Liverpool. So there's a bunch of people who presumably have spent an obscene amount of money on a non-refundable hotel room.
0: Well, apparently that's what happens is that a load of people book hotel rooms in the city as soon as it's announced, and then they try and get tickets, and then if they can't, they cancel the hotel reservations. So um, I don't know if that's any use to anyone, if there's like anybody who's trying to travel to Liverpool. If you've got Eurovision tickets and you're listening to this, that means that you probably know me quite well, and I'd rather not hear about it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I
1: um, I don't believe in refunds. So... I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like the, the man should not be allowed to second guess himself. <laughs> it's the only way forward. <laughs> um, That's fair. That's
0: fair. If did, I have ordered something online, it doesn't matter that it didn't arrive when I needed it. <laughs> no, I'm, that, I'm
1: just, I'm just gonna have it forever. <laughs> yeah, you should have thought of that before you ordered it. <laughs> only buy things you're prepared to have wasted money on. <laughs> And, and like, and, and speaking of just really sticking to your guns
0: in that respect, uh, Star <laughs> Trek. <laughs> Did you
1: enjoy this Mad Max crossover?
0: Oh, I kind, I, I, I had no memory of this episode. So like, I figure, like I, I kind of, I watched these on TV back when they like first broadcast. Yeah, and, and there were a lot of them. That, like they repeated or something, had them on video if they were like a particularly great episode you might have watched them a bunch of times this isn't a particularly great episode so I don't really know it particularly well um, I can't even remember seeing it the first time I quite liked it
1: yeah it has that season 3 quality yeah uh, it's got some uh, got some guest stars it's got your one from Nightmare on M Street 4 and 5 <laughs> which one was he? No, she the, the the blonde the the the, oh, what, the, Utah? Sort of hand, the sort of Utah the sort of handmaiden. Right, okay. Uh she was Alice uh from the from the, the uh from some of the later Nightmare on Elm
0: Street films. The did you know uh i say also an actor I want to shout out, um, Chargon, uh in this episode, was played by an actor called Stephen Lee, who sadly is no longer with us. But um I, I knew I knew him from somewhere um and he's a quintessential that bloke guy when I went on to his IMDB. But there were two credits that stood out that I wanted to discuss. He's in a movie that I have not watched, will not watch, will not watch at any point, and yet because of what movie it is, I will at a point in the future very much enjoy it. Because he is in Carnosaur 3, which will yep. at some point be watched on Best of the Worst. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but also he right. He played Tom Arnold. There was a made-for-TV movie called Tom and Roseanne, the -the behind-the-scenes story, and he played Tom Arnold. (laughs) Now, I would say you you could have gotten
1: Tom Arnold. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Depending on when it was, you could have gotten Roseanne. Uh, He also played... I, 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 something I found out that I thought was pretty interesting uh, he also played one of the rare recurring roles on Quantum Leap Oh, yeah because there's a so if you don't know Quantum Leap, Quantum Leap basically has two stars because every episode yeah. is different but in the last season they'd done a sort of gimmick where there was a trilogy of episodes where it was kind of one long story set over about 60 years and Sam would leap into different people at different points in the story. Yeah, uh, all centered around this one person. So he uh, he played a he played a sheriff, uh, and uh, he I think he was in all three episodes. Oh, mm-hmm. ah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. good fun. I, I like I liked him. Good actor.
0: So yeah, so this what this episode's about. <laughs> There's space pirates established for like the first time in TNG. Yeah, and they're called the Gatherers, which is. A very mild way of putting what is—they—they—they—they they, they, they turn up at the, at the beginning of this episode. They turn up at like a Federation base that's been robbed, and two of the people have been uncon- are felt unconscious in a cupboard. Right. but they've not had any contact with this thing place for two days, <laughs> so they've been. And they've been been stunned seven times, which means they stunned them, not to unconscious,
1: and then when they were on the floor, they just kept stunning them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think every stun gets you, like, 24 hours? (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, uh, Yeah. Could you do that? Could you, like, like if you got, like... Like, if you really wanted to... Like, somebody really annoyed you, could you, like, stun them 365 days and then they're just in a coma for a year? Yeah, but Uh, the
1: problem is then you have to feed them. And quite frankly, nothing annoys me more about people than people that have to be fed. (laughs) That's why children, the elderly, and the severely disabled. That's why you hated Live Aid so much, wasn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Beat the world. Fuck them. Uh. Hands across America. Use those hands to put a fucking spoon in your face.
0: Um. I, I I I really liked in this episode. They beam in and like the place has been fucked up, and then there's blood on like a uh, like on a spike. And uh, Beverly scans so looks at it and goes, "Oh, it's blood, but it's not human." It's like, <laughs> like, well, well done, Bev, for ruling out one of a billion possible options.
1: <laughs> what was there? It's
0: like, why is that useful information? Yeah. Oh, it's not. There's there's literally like a I, 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 there are thousands of fucking sentient species in Starfleet.
1: Do you think that, like, saying human, like, like going human first is kind of the equivalent of like misgendering people in the modern day? <laughs> like, well, worse like, no, I'm not. i I know. I know that you're used to saying human and mankind, but I'm not. Uh, that's not me. You could have just. You could have just said it's. It, why? Why did you have to identify what it was? not anyway, Beth. Why could you not just have said, "There's blood on this." and then Riker could have went yeah that's that's why we bring the Doctor <laughs> we didn't uh, it's, or, or maybe this is the fucking maybe this is actually the second time that they've been down there because why would they bring Beverly straight away because it's not like you need to wait on an ambulance, the transporter takes you there immediately so surely rather than sending down one of the most valuable people on your flagship starship down to a situation that you have no idea what it looks like Maybe send down Worf first. Worf and Data, right? Why does every mission not start with Worf and Data? Beaming down, (laughs) having a look around. Beaming Riker. And then Riker goes, there's blood on that spike. (laughs) Beaming Beverly. And then Beverly comes down and goes, ooh, blood, not human. Fine. Anyway, I'm out of here. That's how every mission log should be. Every now and again, just leave Geordi. And I just and maybe he'll come maybe he'll figure that's what I do. Just leave Jordi and, and if he figures his way back he can keep his post. <laughs>
0: I would say I would say the only reason that you need to beam Riker down immediately and not like beam Wolf and Data down first is if Riker isn't there, I fully believe that Data and Wolf would just stand still, having been given <laughs> no orders. <laughs> just be like So what do we do? Like, Wolf, Wolf's gonna be like, actually, even though we are all major characters on the same cast, me and you don't actually spend a lot of time alone, uh, so I've got no rapport, uh, yeah.
1: And then, and then, and then Wolf's like, uh, you know, that you're my boss, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. man, yeah.
0: and then Wolf's uh. like, but still, you need to open that door because you have. Like I do, quite like that wolf. Does seem slightly annoyed every time he has to get data to open a door. When it's like the equivalent of like he's the equivalent strength of like a forklift. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not
0: yeah. a personal slight, Wolf. You are very strong compared to everybody else, just not compared to a piece of machinery.
1: <laughs> so obviously, um, like the whole the whole purpose of Star Trek: The Next Generation, Jean's Jean's vision. TMR copyright, right? Uh, Was that by this point in the future no one will have any interpersonal conflict. So for the first, we've talked about this at great length, but in the first couple of seasons of TNG, no one has any issues with each other because Gene Roddenberry thought that that's just how a utopian future would be. But we know that's not how it would be. So who do you think talks shit about other crew members (laughs) like it, just it oh. turned forward. I mean, who do you think Riker I mean, gives it out to? Uh,
0: I imagine that, like, I imagine that the reason O'Brien is seems fairly cocksure is because o- is Riker is 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 venting to him. <laughs> <laughs> like, O'Brien is like, you you fire me, and I'm gonna get hand over those recordings. And you pissed going off the <laughs> wharf. Yeah, I reckon at least I reckon. I reckon everyone, like, I reckon everybody has ha- at some point started ranting about data, and then somebody else has been like, "Oh, come on," yeah. And then you go, "Okay, he, he's not that bad." And then, and then like two days later, that other person is ranting about data.
1: <laughs> Do you think behind his back they call him the forklift? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Johnny Forklift over here. I, I think Troy and Bev
0: never slag each other off to anybody else because they're the only two women in space.
1: Uh. Yeah, but I bet... I don't want to play on stereotypes, especially not on International Women's Day, but I bet when they two get together, they, it's a fucking riot. Yeah,
0: I, I imagine... I,
1: and I good, imagine that good for them.
0: Yeah, I imagine they, they tell each other everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like... She's in there, oh, you're not going to believe what O'Brien was saying to me in therapy today. And she goes, oh, well, he would be upset given what's happening with his penis. You know. (laughs) 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 Right. But um, Um, I was going to say, I've got a question about this episode.
1: Is it about those little square flashlights and how they're definitely more useless than today's flashlights? Yeah, because of how they hold them, that's yeah. obvious. Uh, but no, I, mean, I was
0: I was gonna I was gonna ask this because I I don't know if I misheard this, but is the Gatherer encampment in the Harambe cluster? <laughs> as in, <laughs> as in the griller, who was yet to be a famous griller at that point. Like yeah. he was. I don't know how long grillers live. I don't know if he was alive in 1985. How long do grillers live for? I'm gonna Google it. Uh, seventeen. Awesome. Uh, so uh, they can live for forty years, but Harambe was seventeen. So Gosh, it's shame. not a d- direct,
1: deliberate thing. Um, do you think? Do you think uh, the the cluster might have been named after King Harambe, who was, and uh, I believe, an ancient Persian king or Iranian king, who the gorilla was named after? Oh, it was. Was he the king of Gorilla
0: City? I'm assuming that he was a. he <laughs> was a gorilla. Pretty racist man. <laughs> I was oh, that wasn't racism. It was a reference to the Flash. Uh,
1: Can I, who, what I say
0: Jesus? Uh, yeah, I, I, for some reason, like I like when like in comic books, like somebody's arch villain isn't the thing that makes sense. Yeah, like Spider-Man's arch foe is the Green Goblin because goblins are the natural enemy of spiders, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And I, I I quite like that. Like that one of the Flash's. Uh, like uh, arch foes is Gorilla Grodd, who is a hyper intelligent psychic Griller.
1: No, that's that's got nothing to do with being fast. I think the th- I think the thing <laughs> is though, it it plays on a on a very like a very prominent fear or a very primal fear, which is that as soon as gorillas are are smarter than us, we are we are gone. Like we are out. Yeah. Like they're yeah we're done. Uh, yeah, we are the what uh, homo. We are the we'll be the Homo erectus. Yeah. What they'll what they'll do is they'll um they'll kill us all off and then they'll change Homo sapien to, to something that sounds a lot more sexual than it did before. We'll be we'll be Homo we'll be Homo clitoris. That's what we'll be known as forevermore. And they'll be like, why why are they called that? And they'll be like, well, nobody can find it anymore. <laughs> then they get our science council. will all we'll all laugh. But none of them will be wearing trousers. Beat their
0: chests, I imagine. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Do we actually want to talk about what this episode's about? <laughs> uh, we could do. I mean, we could talk about how Guerrillas look like D&D players that just put all their stats into arms rather than legs. <laughs> <laughs> look, you can
0: say what you want, but
1: when our Guerrilla Overlords
0: come in and they find this podcast, I just want to... St- I'm pro-Grilla. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to be... Kill Mark. Uh, put him in the do slave it. fighting pits. I'll just Fine. do
1: some, like, clerical work. I don't want to live in that world, man. I've seen Planet of the Apes. I'd, um, yeah, do it. Um, does Riker have a scratch card poster of all the humanoid species in the galaxy?
0: <laughs> right. I would like to uh, bring up the speed with which like, Riker meets a woman, immediately fancies her, and says she cooks for him. When she does cook for him, he's sitting with Deanna Troy, and she's like, oh, I don't want to intrude. And Deanna is like, oh, no, no, no. I fought somebody last week. It's Will's turn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it went. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I, 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 I wanna, I wanna stress the immediacy with which Riker decided he was gonna fuck this woman. Um, and then she gets like sent to his quarters by the sovereign, and it's kind of like she's like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm, I've been sent here to pleasure you." Yeah and Riker's like ah, this seems weirdly non-consensual so I'm going to
1: stop it yeah I don't like it I believe he's once where I don't like it when there's no challenge in it just yeah. staring her straight in the eye that isn't what he said I don't want Jonathan Frakes to come at me <laughs> she said
0: that she doesn't like have the capacity to feel pleasure and Riker was like well I'm not going to fuck you then because I don't need any more women saying that they didn't come <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's very. Much known as a uh, wham-bam. Thank you, Riker. Uh... <laughs> do you think? Um, do you think he says set Phasels to stun after he achieves an erection? Why is that? The, why is that the phrase? Why is it achieve an erection? Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. If I if I got like degrees. With the ease that I still occasionally get erections at the age of thirty four, I'd be the smartest man alive. There's no achievement on it whatsoever. No, no, I, I think I think you're
0: right. If it's some it something can be done by accident. Yeah. And then it shouldn't count as an achievement. And that's what I say to all pregnant women. Yeah. Uh, like nobody's <laughs> nobody's ever put up a set of shelves by mistake, right? <laughs>
1: You can just wake up. You can't wake up in the morning with a shelf. <laughs> you can't not know you're having shelves
0: until one day you go to the toilet and suddenly shelves pop out. Oh, this is um, taking a dark Tom. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the sovereign of uh, this this planet, the Akamarians, uh, space Patricia Routledge. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she says the
1: Starfleet at one point in this episode. I just, yeah. I just, I like, I liked that. I like that, but she's an old woman it's the same way that my mum refuses to learn the name of any games console is it just the Nintendo no 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 it's not that no <laughs> she likes to play this on hard mode um it will be uh, like if I if I told her about something that like I said oh, I've got a ps5 next week she'll be like what well, how's your p5 going <laughs> like she'll intentionally set out to get it just slightly wrong and I yeah. and I and I I respect that I hope it's a bit. I hope. I hope on her deathbed, she she tells me that it it was a bit the whole time.
0: Yeah, and she's like, "I've played every console since the Magnavox Odyssey." Yeah, Uh,
1: (laughs) because like, there's there's lots of reasons that I'm looking forward to my deathbed. Um, (laughs) But one of the main ones is to finally unveil all the long term bits that I've been doing. There's going to be a lot of people invited. <laughs> um,
0: speaking of long-term bits, right, this are you a uh, woman in yep. this episode who, to, to give it away, they're, they're a, a planet that had lots of, like, clan infighting, and they don't do that anymore, but she's actually the last remaining person of one of the clans, and she exists as a biological weapon to kill members of the other clan. Right, that's the thing. But... She's like the chef to the sovereign, which is the equivalent of being like the queen's personal chef. Yeah. And Riker says to her, "Have you got any specialities?" And she's like, "No," like she's <laughs> not very good at being a chef. How do you get that job? Was it is the, 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 the system on their planet is like, well, there's better chefs, but she applied first, so we had to give her the job. That's just how
1: it goes in our society. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know because if I was in charge, and again, God willing, one day I will be. I imagine and 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 like fully in charge, like Henry VIII in charge, like ready to get big old fat boy. Um, I'd say my chef just has to. i will probably just rotate between three dishes, and one of them will be just calling up Domino's. <laughs> also, I
0: do want to say about this the official chef of the sovereign. Like so they're like, oh, we've put aside all the petty differences of the past. We're a much more peaceful nation. This is my chef who must eat every dish before I consume it to make sure it isn't poisoned. Well, it doesn't sound like you've achieved peace, does it? If yeah, you're constantly in fear of being poisoned to death.
1: To be fair, man, like I'll be as soon as like because I, I don't have kids as far as I am aware. But I'm fairly sure that as soon as I do have kids, and like, I'm 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 very blase about my own safety, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, again, the quicker I get to death, the quicker that it all gets revealed, right? But <laughs> I'm sure that when I have kids, a, a switch is going to flip where I'm like, right, we need I need to protect this thing, right? I'm I'm going to be doing that at nursery. I'm going to be going to nursery, and if they're like we're we're going to be feeding the kids lunch, I'll be like I'll be having a bite of it first. Thank you very much to make sure that you haven't poisoned them.
0: Oh, I, I thought you were going to say that when you were going to have kids, you were going to make sure that they they taste all your food before you have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad <better> idea. <laughs> Once you've had one kid, you know everything works. You can always bang out another.
1: Uh... <laughs> I am um, I I'm going to prevent patricide by basically not having anything <laughs> worth my child killing me over. Ah, oh, so the, uh, the anti-succession. Uh, yeah, there's
0: a. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got something in my notes that about this episode that I wanted to bring up. Um, they Is that about the um, flashlights. Uh, it's not about the flashlights. No. It's about Picard asks Picard, uh, <laughs> Picard asks Picard Picard asks the sovereign <laughs> of the Akmarians when they last tried to reconcile with the Gatherers, who've been out in space since the thing was. She says eighteen years, and he says eighteen years. And all I could think is, normally saying 18 years in a surprised and cheerful thing
1: would be Riker's job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, so 18 years 18 years is a refrain in a a, a Kanye West Gold Digger. I'm going to edit a version in that's just Patrick Stewart saying that. And release it, and I'm also going to edit in all the times that Jonathan Frakes has said the n word, <laughs> <laughs> which could be zero, and that's why you cannot sue me over that statement.
0: No, everybody knows that Jonathan Frakes will not use racial slurs unless
1: you pay for the top tier on Cameo. <laughs> uh. um, so, at the very end, when they're at the negotiating table, and this in Utah, Utah. Uh, yeah, goes goes to poison your man, uh, and uh, Riker has to shoot her. Um, yeah, and viperizer. D- uh, it, yeah, it's a d- I
0: said, clan Trelasta move. We we get uh-huh. we
1: get to see uh, <laughs> we get to see him turning up the turn up the volume, pump up the volume, pump up the volume, etc. On his phaser. Um, do you yeah. think he turned it all the way up to Starfleet Admiral?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's a quick Vaporisation, but you do see. The skeleton. Yeah. Uh, which is... A, a, I love the fact that they've still not decided that that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is Roddenberry still on set going, like, you got to see the skeleton when you vaporise. Otherwise, what was the point? But there's a setting above that that says vaporise completely. Why would we use the setting vaporise painfully
1: <laughs> but you get to see a bit of skeleton? <laughs> yeah. I learned a great fact about the vaporisation. So if you watch the... Watch the episode... She gets vaporized and disappears, and Picard is like occupying the visual space that her body was in. Mm-hmm. This was a very uh, conscious decision, but the problem is that back in the day, when you filmed something like that, like making that now would be child's play, right? Any ten-year-old yeah. could do that effect on their on their phone uh, that they stole from some eight-year-old. But um, <laughs> kids are bastards that's why they want to poison you but uh they couldn't it, like it couldn't really work that way it, uh, sir patrick stewart had to basically sit completely still oh. for the whole, for the whole thing and that's why Riker vaporizes a woman not only vaporizes he shoots her three times um and picard has seemingly no reaction to it whatsoever
0: yeah he he, he shoots her the first time on the setting of Careful now,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, she, and then, then he she, shoots someone down with that sort of thing. <laughs> um,
0: I love when he beams in, and for some reason, like the other guy's going to like hand him the brandy that she's touched, yeah, um, and he shoots him, and right, and, and Picard is like, um, "Don't worry, my first officer has an excellent reason why he's just done that," and I love that <laughs> as far as he's saying it it comes across completely normal, but you know there's a question mark in that for Picard yeah. to Riker. I'm like, I assume you have a good reason, but you better fucking have.
1: Well, that's exactly <laughs> how I read it. I don't, I don't know if it was just to be because I heard it more as Picard saying, I'm sure my first officer has an excellent reason for doing this. Which again, <laughs> is, is like when you say, I'm sure that one of my kids has an excellent reason for poisoning the other one. <laughs> And the answer better be because uh, he was going to get to you first, Dad. (laughs) And I'll be like, good. Well done. Take him out. Now it's your job.
0: I was going to say a significant amount of this episode happens in the industrial zone from Crystal Maze. I want to say uh, how impressed I was um, with the old... Because uh, Riker employs the old vaporise the uranium and fake a beam out trick. Uh, which, if you if you don't know, is he vaporises some nearby metal to make it all smoky. And then he says force a beam out, but he doesn't actually press his button. And then when the guys turn up, Wolf turns up and tells them they smell. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot like Laser Quest. Uh, in that <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I I I like the um, the um, uh, Raiders like uh, the Gatherer rules react like interactions with Wesley. Yeah, um, yeah. When he meets him, he goes, "You don't like me." That's okay. I've
1: got lots of friends who don't like me. It's a great line. I mean, I really <laughs> like the bit when he first comes onto the bridge, and he looks at Wesley and he goes, "A child." Yeah. And he's the first person to ever bring up that there's a kid driving that <laughs> spaceship. To be fair, Geordie doesn't know. It's for, because Wesley Stunt was a thirty-six-year-old man. Well, union rules—you can't have a kid doing stunts. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I know that there's like the, there's no economy in Starfleet, but like the Enterprise is worth the GDP of like a fucking African nation at least. Yeah, a good one. A fucking
1: <laughs> not that gorilla city that you were talking about earlier. Ed. <laughs> You fucking racist! <laughs> Look, just to be clear, I want to establish this again.
0: Gorilla City is much like Latveria or Wakanda; it's not real, but it does exist within the realms of DC Comics, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's ruled by a hyper... Uh, this doesn't come. This is, by the way, anybody out there who's a fan of Zack Snyder and believes that the dark and gritty universe is exactly, totally, is exactly what DC needs. Gorilla City. Is a real city where hyper intelligent grillers live and they're ruled by Grodd, who is also psychic. So, yeah, that's no. D- Batman is dark and gritty. DC is fucking silly, like all comics are, right? And you need to get over yourselves and accept that Superman, who dresses in bright blue, shouldn't be directed by a man who doesn't understand the fundamental concept of why someone would be a Superman.
1: Yeah. What do you think 24th century lad culture is like? <laughs> <laughs> do you think um do you think the fucking the replicator has just a, a Stella button? <laughs> uh, do you think Stella
0: is one of the things that you have to specify exactly like what degree you want it at? Cause, like he asked for water at 5 degrees in this? Yeah. But like jo- John Luke can just ask for tea all grey hot. So is Stella one of those things where you have to specify, like, like do you say, like, cold, or do you have to give, like, a degree? If you just say cold, does it come out, of, like, just like a can out of, like, a fridge at the supermarket? And he's no, like, no, oh, I want it freshly poured.
1: <laughs> no, the only way it works is if you say Stella. No, Prava. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I quite like a Stella. I, I, I like, a, I, like, a, like I, I, I drink cans of Stella quite a lot on the train when I'm travelling between Glasgow and London because i like to sit in first class and drink Stella, because it it, it 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 proves that it, it just people won't mess with you if you look like it, scum for me it's the product that has
0: the biggest gap between what it wants to be and what it is because like all of the stellar adverts are like Whoa, Stella, it's reassuringly expensive a classy drink for classy people. Whereas Stella in the real world's
1: nickname is wife beater. <laughs> <laughs> I I would it's, do you one better. I, I think the only thing really higher than Stella on that list is Buckfast. <laughs> Cause Buckfast is a is a tonic fortified wine literally made by monks. And here in Glasgow <laughs> we call it commotion lotion or wreck the hoose juice. <laughs> It's, it has so much caffeine in it that it makes young people really angry, uh, and the Scottish government have threatened to ban it uh, on several occasions. And the people of Glasgow have said, "No, this is how we keep the population down." <laughs> is that is that
0: is that is that basically the the way that they're like combating the rising house prices in Glasgow? It's just like if we just let enough young people die of alcoholism. Uh, then hopefully that means you can stop stop the small boats man
1: (laughs) people used to shit on Glasgow right because of something called the Glasgow effect which meant that people died really young uh, more so than anywhere else and it's like a psychological thing as well as like a dietary and a society thing but that was great Meant a lot of fucking meant a lot of people didn't hit it to sixty five. Do you know how good politics would be if everybody over sixty five was dead?
0: I I mean look, all I'm gonna say is when coronavirus started yeah. and they were saying that oh it mainly's targeting the people over fifty, I was like, Oh no, wouldn't it be terrible if everybody over fifty died would all get a house and have to rejoin the EU? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Disaster. And all that's happening
1: huh. is that you know, people are living longer. And maybe one day hopefully we'll live long enough for someone to program Stella into the replicators, but <laughs> Quite frankly I don't see it happening. No, what they should do what what they really should do is, is, is subsidise Buckfast for the elderly. <laughs> give them a give them yes. a bit of a spring in their step.
0: No, screw you, screw it. The idea of a pension, I think once you hit sixty they should be like, right, you're near the end. Uh have some scag. <laughs> You've always wondered about it. It's not like you're letting anybody down now. Yeah. You've really done everything of use you're going to do. Maybe you ride it out to your ninety. Maybe you are dead by the week uh, weekend. Let's see what happens. Do you
1: think the replicator makes good drugs?
0: I, I reckon that like on a on a chemical level, there is no difference whatsoever between the bag of weed you can get from the replicator. And the bag of weed that's like hydroponically glow- grown in Amsterdam, but you would
1: never get a single stoner to admit that.
0: <laughs> no, I
1: yeah, one hundred percent. I I <laughs> I do I do believe that um, there are different highs that come from the different strains. Uh yeah. I, I, I I'm fully on board with that. That's like that. It, it is kind of like how a, like you you have different types of drunk. Um, yeah. If so long as you're not overdoing it as long as you're doing it in moderation you 100% have different types of drunk you definitely have different types of high what I mean is do, do you have to specify the container that the cocaine comes in like do you have to ask can I have a bowl of cocaine a goblet why
0: here, here's the thing why wouldn't you just have a replicator built into the table it just puts the line up perfectly for you. <laughs> <laughs> would you yeah. miss the tactileness of like chopping? Uh, um, if my
1: mom's listening to this, I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, I probably
0: yeah. would. Uh, if uh, to be fair, if anyone is listening to this, I don't actually do cocaine. Um, it's a it's a drug that my, I I've done it a few times and it doesn't really have an effect on me because all it makes is to stay up all night. But it like. Because cocaine makes you loud and makes you talk too much, and it's like I don't, I, I that's me. Uh, <laughs> that's just there's no noticeable difference. Uh, do, you,
1: do you think, um, do you th- like, do you think it would replicate the same debit card every time? Do you think you would need to ask for a specific year of ten pound note? Post plastic so it doesn't so it doesn't absorb it as much. Uh, no, you want pre plastic. Those those ones can
0: cut up your nose. I've seen enough nosebleeds. my time, Uh, (laughs) I I reckon that's because. Do you reckon you have like a a little like when you join
1: Starfleet, do you get a little like ID card? Uh, I think your your com badge is your ID card. Oh, you mean for cutting it? Yeah, yeah. That's
0: because, like, yeah, I I make you right. It's but your com badge is your ID card. I'm like, yeah, that's bollocks, isn't it?
1: (laughs) I mean, cutting it with a razor blade is like better, right? But we don't do that because we don't live in movies where everyone has fucking razor blades just cutting a bit. I don't know. the do, do, do people of Starfleet... I don't know how
0: people in Starfleet shave. Like, is there a... Do they have, like, a nanite thing where you can just set how long your hair is? And that's why nobody ever changes their hairstyle in any of the Star Treks. I don't know, man. I mean...
1: No, but you must be able to shave because surely Riker has asked someone to do that sexy shaving him with a straight razor what well, remove the beard yeah
0: whoever does that is in for a letdown because i'm not saying Jonathan Franks without a beard is not a sexy man but what I'm going to say is he's a significantly less sexy man than with the beard uh so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i
1: wouldn't oh that be a letdown <laughs> yeah um what's that? uh this guy uh, what was his name chuk chuk chukta uh, Chargon. he's a pretty good negotiator yeah he is <laughs> yeah
0: i like that there's they start with saying oh we'll never negotiate we'll never agree and then by the end of it they're arguing and they're disagreeing on like terms but they've agreed there's something worth negotiating yeah which is like some pretty good diplomacy from your man john luke he's I think he, he, John Luke in this episode does do that thing which is like diplomacy can still be badass when he's like, no, I'm going to beam into the place that's really dangerous because I have to mediate this discussion, and they might kill me. And even when they get there, he's like, oh, I'm take you hostage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going.
1: Uh, <laughs> and Riker might be in I and mean, d- definitely shoot someone. Yeah, which he does do. To be fair, yeah, he shoots two people.
0: Uh, yeah fucking vaporizers I like that when the um, sovereign first talks to um, like the, the, the gatherers um, she stands up and she has a drink of water that uh, like a taster, you is tasted it to make sure it's not poisonous and they go oh how do we know you're not trying to poison us and then they immediately pour water down one of their mates throats to so be like ah, um, do you reckon that's the one they always pick on I, uh, I've, got, I've got his names down as, as Temeric and he's like, he's laughing at the end of it but I, I, I just feel like that laugh was hiding hiding some pain it was like don't let him know how much it affects
1: you I feel like the <laughs> laugh is because he's been poisoned enough times that he's effectively built up a bit of an immunity towards it anyway so yeah. event, eventually they're going to roll the dice on that one and he's going to be the survivor and they're all going to be dead <laughs> and that's when he gets to be the gatherer sovereign
0: yeah, he does. And also, as we know in Gavara society, if you find somebody's corpse and nobody from their clan is around, you can claim all of their possessions, which seems like a fine system that is in no way open to be exploited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, what, else, what else have I got? I don't know. There's not... I felt... I felt about, uh, I feel there'd be more um, to talk about. She's...
0: I've got that she's got a genetically engineered first of all she's got what's called a microvirus which is you know small unlike a normal virus
1: Yeah which, <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: but it, I I've literally got written down it goes um it's an engineered virus that only attacks people with certain genetics like in that one hitman level Um yeah. which I think is water? M- uh uh it's- uh, it's one in Spain where you can kill him with the cannon as he escapes in a plane. Yes, he's got a lab underneath the castle. It's Italy. Uh, yeah,
1: it's based on a real place. But it's yeah, not. it's
0: based on a really gorgeous place that you, you've seen. You, you've seen it. It's a standard Google background.
1: Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> I uh, I like to snipe him from the uh, church tower. Oh, I like that one, especially uh, if you make if you make him look. If you make him look into the telescope, you can shoot the end of the telescope, and and the and the bullet. I read in it the bullet doesn't go down the telescope, but the telescope just shifts so far that it just jabs into his brain. And I'm into that. Uh, I quite like the. What a priest swapping. to kill on that level as well. I
0: quite like uh, that. It's it's it's. I'd say it's the most populous level where I am the most comfortable. Being able to kill every single person, like, oh, I, like, like, I don't yeah. think you
1: could get away with killing every single person in Paris. Yeah, definitely. You, yep, you one hundred percent can <laughs> Right, because uh, <laughs> the thing about uh, the thing about Paris is that a lot of the thing the Hitman uh, programming, the AI obviously they can only have a certain amount of people who actually do things. But they have to have really right. large crowds. So a lot of the people in Hitman in, in Paris. Are essentially just set dressing. Uh, oh, so right. you can just walk into the big ballroom. You can walk into the, the room with the, the catwalk and just machine gun everybody. Uh, and right. uh, as long as you've taken out all of the guards, no one does anything. They all just stand there. Oh, okay. Like an American primary school. I <laughs> don't know why I felt the need to get that in there. <laughs> Near the end. Hadn't said anything particularly yeah, that- bad. Everyone's going to be concentrating on you talking about Guerrilla City or whatever.
0: Yeah, those, to be fair, it's not as if anything actually ever happens at those primary schools. It's just, you know, just the paid actors.
1: You uh. know, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you take enough time, you can 100% kill everyone in Paris. And uh, that's the. I hope that's the out-of-context bit that you use as the trailer for this episode. Uh, yeah.
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Right. I'm gonna. I think we should talk about one thing because it does actually have quite a decent Star Trekky question. Ooh. Which is, do you live in a beautiful society where all your needs are met, but you kind of have to do what you're told, or would you engage in
1: like the freedom of space piracy? I mean, this is kind of this is the uh, this is the question behind fucking uh, Demolition Man, isn't it? Yeah. Um. And 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 Dennis Leary, I, it's like oh, uh, I just want to live in a world where I can smoke cigars and swear and eat and eat fast and food. Steal. And it's like, sorry, every restaurant is Taco Bell, so you've already got that one covered.
0: <laughs> Don't worry
1: about
0: it. I just want to live in a world where I can completely steal Bill Hicks's act. Um. But because uh, he was <laughs> never successful on this side of the Atlantic, uh, people went, "No, I've done it." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I. I Years ago, I saw an article about um, like people you hate more than you should. And they were talking about Carlos Mencia. And it's like, if you hate Carlos Mencia because he stole jokes, should you hate uh, Dennis O'Leary uh, for stealing his act from uh, Bill Hicks? And the comment section of the article was all English people going, We do hate Dennis O'Leary <laughs> for stealing his act from <laughs> Bill Hicks. That's why Dennis O'Leary's never been massively big over here. And. <laughs> um-
1: but but yeah no I'd rather one hundred percent I'd rather live in that society because I don't I'm not a thrill seeker uh, mm-hmm. in a world where holidays exist any excitement I really need I can just program up on a holiday holode- like, Well, I like, I I mean I've said it I I'll say it before I'll say it again I would love to just live in like a human zoo that an alien <laughs> takes me to and just provides everything that I need like if there's yeah. no if there's no don't get me wrong, I'll miss Laura and that, or, you know, but, <laughs> at the, like, if there's no expectations on me whatsoever, i will like, have a great time. but like, every day they just push in a tray of just, like, a Burger King, and I'm like, great. Yeah,
0: because, like, I'm, so my, like, my family, like, history, one of, so one of my aunts, like, looked up a family tree, and it's like fucking 600 years of being peasants, um, and all I do is look at that sort of period and go, "Ah, oh, like, not one of you thought I could just join the Royal Navy and the minute we get to the Caribbean, fuck off, <laughs> right, and get work on a pirate boat, which is what I would have done. Like, I, as somebody living if I, living in London, as I do, if I was, like, alive in the 1600s when the golden age of piracy was happening, I I, I think that would seem to be a better option than, you know... Living in 17th century London, so when it comes to like this sort of thing, that's where I get a bit trickier because with this, it is like, no, 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 you're you live in the in like the Starfleet world, so all your needs are met on an insane level. Is that more fun than being a space pirate? And the answer is, what sort of space pirate? Because <laughs> if it's these guys, yeah, no, I'll give you that, and it's not that good. But if it's like Fucking yondo for a yeah. <laughs> star Lord,
1: yeah. That seems, seems pretty fun. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll just I'll just stay in my utopia, thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Because the things, things. I suppose actually, when you come down to it, I do say that. But I could actually just go and be a pirate now, um,
1: and I don't. You could do, yeah, you could move to Somalia, yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm not going to do it. If I was in the future, I would just want to have a fucking gaff, a place to stay, a housemate who fucks off for quite a long time, uh, and then when, when Commander Riker does come back, he's my housemate, and the first thing he does is he walks into the living room, he goes up to his scratch card on the wall, and he just <laughs> silently scratches another species off and then turns around and just stares at me
0: <laughs> that's what it's I want
1: like, did, you, did you bring back a recording of that for the holodeck <laughs> <laughs> nah. I've masturbated oh. to a lot of things but never never, <laughs> never to a friend <laughs> don't want to break that bond
0: uh oh, I I think that's a good place to, to leave it for this week. Probably
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 I okay, the show. Yes. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Captain Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neil and Eddie is at edEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now on YouTube at CaptainSlog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CaptainSlog.